Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well. Because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Kiri Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments, so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Just a quick bit of housekeeping before I introduce today's special guest. I'm happy to announce that I'm working on my next book. The title is Reclaim Your Digestive Health and Feel Normal Again, Fixing the Root Cause of Your GI Distress with Natural Treatments. This book should be ready later this year, so keep an eye out for it. All right, that's it for our housekeeping, so let's get started. So I'm really excited about today's show because my special guest is Dr. Rob Streisfeld. Now let me tell you a little bit about him. Dr. Rob Streisfeld is a passionate consumer advocate and educator with over 12 years of natural health and natural products industry experience. Now he's a doctor of naturopathic medicine and certified natural food chef. His most recent passion is rooted in cannabis cannabinoids and the benefits they offer. Doc Rob, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. My pleasure for sure. Great to be on the show with you. Uh, I love the idea of the new book and uh, yeah, it's great to, to share it and educate the masses. So there are so many listeners out there who have questions about medical marijuana, what are the health benefits of marijuana, and I mean, just in general, there there have been so many changes within the past couple of years within North America, Canada, in the U.S. regarding the legalization of marijuana. So, can you explain to us what are the health benefits? I don't think we have enough time on the show, to be honest with you. Okay, well, we're going to try as well, oh, much but, as we can. <laughs> of course, of course, but that's the, the reality: is that we're seeing this amazing plant which has been used for thousands and thousands of years by a variety of cultures almost every traditional culture had it in their uh, medicinary at some level and what science is starting to show because research has opened up over the last several years is that there's numerous roles where cannabis could be supportive in both optimizing functional health as well as treating certain conditions and diseases everything is far-ranging as cancer and epilepsy to something as simple as helping maintain blood sugar and stress response. So it's it's really quite amazing the, the wide spectrum of uses that this plant has potential for helping with. So what part of the plant is actually the healthy part, the medicinal part? Well, I would say all of it. I mean, if you look at it, people have been focused on THC for so long. THC is one of the more dominant cannabinoids found in the plant, but there are, have been over 111 cannabinoids identified and over 500 plus compounds in the plant itself. Whether people, you know, I'm a big advocate of 
using the plant like another vegetable and juicing it and drinking it raw like a wheatgrass shot or mixing it into your smoothie or, or a kale or spinach, you know, for that way, it gets a tremendous amount of benefits for inflammation, it helps with the immune system, but it doesn't have the psychoactive or that euphoric effect on the body. It is only when it gets heated does it have that the THC gets converted and it now has some sort of psychoactive effect. CBD or cannabidiol has been very popular over the last couple of years. It's a non-psychoactive compound, probably the most, the second most uh, well-known now next to THC. And this is what's being utilized very frequently with uh, studies for epilepsy and MS and other conditions. And we just look at it going where most naturopaths would say is we can use it to prevent disease as well as treat. It's a plant. It should be used for the most part whole and as much to its natural state as possible. And nature had it right in the first place. And we need to, you know, really start to look at it that way. So I heard you just say something about heating the plant. So smoking the plant, that's how people get high. But that's not where the health benefits really in lie. No, there. it's actually there are benefits in all forms actually oh they're okay just, they're just slightly different so okay. what happens is when the plant is grown or the plant grows it has these cannabinoids in their acid forms we call them cannabidolic acids so when they're designated and people see them on in, in um, articles or lab reports it's designated as i'd say thc a cbd a cbg a when it has that A, it's designated as the acid form. That's the natural raw state. And I believe it's got a lot of activity, a lot of power and potential in that raw state. When it gets heated, a, a carboxyl group gets cleaved off. So they call it decarboxylation or decarboxylation. And that then changes it to CBD or THC. And that now has a different activity or different function in the body. So some people like to blend a little... CBD with their CBDA to try to get that full spectrum of benefits. Okay, so can you talk more about some of the research behind medicinal marijuana? So you mentioned about um, there's research on cancer, epilepsy, chronic pain. Yeah, one of the cool ones, especially with pain, is that you know everyone talks about uh, cannabis versus opioids or opiate medications, and in fact. While we see a, a trend or the benefits of using the plant more so than going to the pill, that in combination, the receptors for opioids and cannabinoids kind of work synergistically so that you could actually use cannabis with some opioids and end up needing less pain pills and it would be a little more gentler on the body, more supportive. So there's always that combination, but studies have shown that cannabis can help with bone development, it can help with obviously sleep patterns and stress response, it can help with appetite, it can help with the immune system, it can deal with inflammatory conditions. Uh, it, it, it's, it's amazing. It, it's synergistic to the body because we have receptors in our body for these things. So our body has a system, the endocannabinoid system, which works to regulate balance and optimize functioning in the body and it uses compounds found in cannabis like CBD or THC and several others to kind of find that sweet spot, as you might say, for optimal health. So, Dr. Rob, this is really interesting that uh, this plant can help with pain, as you said, with bones, with, you mentioned earlier, um, blood sugar. 
mm-hmm. does that mean that this is not just having an effect on the nervous system, but it's effect, having an effect on many different cell types? Yes. And in fact, you know, there's, there's receptors all over the body, major um, concentrations in the digestive tract as well as in the brain, but they're all over the body. And in fact, one of the most prolific cannabis guys who's been advocating the raw juicing or the juicing of the cannabis believes that many people today are overdosing simply because he compares, you know, a 200-pound deer who would nibble on a few fresh cannabis leaves or bud in the forest and optimizing that animal's health compared to the concentration and, and, and focus of these cannabinoids in our body at millions of times more potent than what you'd find in nature naturally. So it, sometimes, you know, the small amount can actually trigger a large response, as we know. And yes, the body can take a small amount of cannabinoids and do a lot of great things in a variety of ways. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about sleep because um, I've had many patients come to see me in my private practice at Functional Medicine Ontario. You know, they're tired. The reason they're tired is they're not sleeping well. They either can't fall asleep or they wake up during the middle of the night and then they can't get back to sleep. And uh, quite a few of them will, uh, you know, kind of fess up to me. Hey, Dr. Harry, I actually, I want to tell you, I started smoking pot because that's, that's the only thing that's been helping me. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about the benefits of uh, this for sleep? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people out there that are struggling with sleep. A lot of that has to do with cortisol and stress response and electronics and diet. There's so many factors. Yes, but yes. that's why, you know, we can't say it's this is, is the problem, this is the solution. So literally for everybody, some people, you know, respond very well to cannabis and they have to find their right strain because not only does the plant have over 111, you know, cannabinoids, it's got terpenes and other f- compounds and each act like a, a spectrum and they respond in the individual differently. So I find a lot of people who use CBD at night, uh, cannabidiol, seem to have a calming and relaxing and they seem to sleep better. Some people rely on their THC, whereas some people feel stimulated by THC. It's not, unfortunately, a very cut and dry, one pill fits all and there's your sleep. Um, but it does have a, a, a stress response support, um, anxiety relaxation. Relaxing. You know, one of the things that I call I call cannabis the queen of adaptogens, and uh, and most people out there are learning now what the term adaptogens mean. It helps your body adapt and cope with the various stressors that we face. And so, for some people, they they need to calm down. Some people need a little bit more energy. But the bottom line is the body needs to adapt to whatever stressors are around them. And cannabis has been shown to be an adaptogen helping the body adapt to those stresses. And for most people, that means less stress or at least less symptoms of stress, which includes better sleep. That's really interesting that you just mentioned that it's the queen. You said it, the queen of adaptogens. I used to call it the king of adaptogens, but (laughs) it has a more feminine energy, actually. So I've referred to it as the queen. And, um, you know, I'm sure there's a few other ones that, you know, they say that, Chaga, for example, is the king of the of the mushrooms, you know, versus reishi and everything else. And I don't know how they de- designate the crown ship, but I, I like giving cannabis the queen designation. And 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 there's so many great adaptogenic herbs out there: rhodiola, astragalus, ashwagandha, the ginsengs. But cannabis 
it just seems to be that champion or queen of all of them, but they work together very well. So you could take cannabis with some other herbs and adaptogens, and I think you'd even have better synergistic effects to the body. Fantastic. Okay, so let's switch gears here. You mentioned earlier about um, there's a lot of receptors for cannabis within the digestive tract. Correct. So what does that mean for our health? It means a lot. I mean, as naturopaths, we know that most illness and most issues, you got to work on the gut. And the digestive tract is not only where you know we, we, we absorb or digest and break down food, it's where we take in nutrients. It's also where our microorganisms, our bacteria, they thrive. It's a whole environment. My, one of my mentors, Donna Gates, called it the inner ecosystem, a whole world inside of our bodies um, of bacteria, both good and bad, and viruses. And so the bacteria produce neurotransmitters and enzymes and byproducts. There's communication between these bacteria, these probiotics, which of course everyone's heard this uh, the importance of probiotics over the last several years. But there's communication between these probiotics and these byproducts and enzymes and compounds and the cannabinoid receptors in the gut. So there is this dialogue and in that conversation, these bacteria and all this, all the nutrients in our body and our digestive system help us maintain optimal health. And when the gut is healthy and we're absorbing nutrients and our inflammatory markers are low and our immune system's thriving and the liver is, is, is detoxifying and cleaning the body out, we are living healthier and then even our brain is working better. Even our mood is better because we know many of the neurotransmitters that these bacteria in the gut produce stimulate neurotransmitters for the brain. So then again, you have your serotonin, you have your sleep. So again, it all ties back to the gut as well. And you know, one of the other things, as I said, with cannabis being an adaptogen helping to cope with stress, it'll help regulate cortisol production, which will also help optimize gut functioning and, and the the... The results are just obvious that people start to use this as medicine, not just recreational, even though when most people say recreational, they really mean medicating without diagnosis because they're usually looking to do something or treat something um, and get some relief of some condition. Okay, so um, going back to the issue of uh, chronic pain, many listeners out there have chronic pain and they're taking painkillers on a daily basis. It could be over-the-counter painkillers like Tylenol or ibuprofen, or maybe they are on some opiate medications as painkillers. And as naturopaths, we know that that can have, um, heart, that can affect the gut health, right? It can slow down motility. It can lead to SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So, um, in your experience in your practice, or is there any research on how using cannabis for pain actually would be helpful for the digestive tract well, at the same know, time? I mean, it definitely helps. What, what we're seeing, in the, you know, number one is, um, yes, like I said, there's studies out there. One good website is healer.com. Uh, it's got a lot of good resources on the application of cannabis as far as pain. Dr. Dustin Suwak's been doing some great research in his clinic, see, uh, have seen thousands of patients with great results. But reality is the studies that I've read go beyond even just pain. It goes to the majority of the prescription medications we're being given today, including SSRIs and, and pain meds and NSAIDs and all that, we have receptors in our body, and we actually produce our own chemicals, uh, we are our own endocannabinoids uh, that help us 
deal with pain, deal with happiness, deal with emotion, and so forth. And what we're seeing in the studies is that the chronic use of these drugs, these pills, may they, they may help initially acutely, but the long-term use of these medications actually down-regulate production of our own healthy chemicals and in long-term desensitize the receptors, in, which in plain English, long-term use of these pills makes you worse. So if you're depressed and you take an antidepressant, the likelihood is that over a period of time, you'll become desensitized to your natural body's ability to make you happy, and you're going to become more depressed, so then you're going to need another pill, a stronger pill, a different pill. And that's what happens also with the pain meds. We become desensitized, whereas the cannabinoid approach actually helps our receptors work better and produce our natural chemicals more effectively and therefore rely less on exogenous or outside support. Okay, that makes perfect sense. So for our listeners out there who are interested in learning more about cannabis and cannabinoids, what are some resources, uh, besides the one you just mentioned, healer.com, what are some other resources they can use to help educate themselves? Well, there's a lot now online. You just got to be careful and look for more than one source. MyCompassion.org is a nonprofit. Patients Out of Time is a nonprofit. These are good resources for education. They do events. They have different programs. Um, Harborside, over, uh, which is a clinic out in Oakland, has been seeing a lot of patients for years, and they have a lot of information. AZ Canna Oil, which is uh, Aunt Zelda's, um, website. They've got a lot of research. A lot of what I found is a lot of people today are coming from other industries like uh, tech and data and marketing, and they're starting to do research and getting more details and 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 real analytics on what's working for some people, what's not working for others, what ratios of cannabinoids because you could have different formulas. Some having more CBD and some having more THC. It's an emerging science. It's an emerging field. We have a lot to learn. I'm heading out to Europe at the end of the month to the International Cannabinoid Research Society's annual symposium. I know it's a big mouthful, but it is the cutting edge of where the PhDs and researchers are are presenting their findings on cannabinoid-based studies. And it's just amazing how much research is being done out there in Israel and around the world and the countries that are opening their doors to allowing it in as medicine and, and doing more research. So we're just still at the very early stages of the reawakening of cannabis as part of our medicine. It once was in our pharmacopoeia. It was once prescribed by doctors very commonly, but it's coming back. And uh, I'm very grateful that there's a lot more resources coming. If people stay in touch with me, um, I try to share a lot of those studies and research on social media. So there's a lot of ways to get educated. And I, I definitely encourage people to do their own research and look for good doctors and good sources of information. Okay, so is there anything else that uh, Joe Public should know about cannabis and cannabinoids? I really want to uh, just make a statement in regards to the side effects. And in, in regards to that, meaning one, cannabidiol, which is a non-psychoactive compound, and everyone came out saying it's safe, it's it's safe for everything. There is some activity to the liver, cytochrome P450 enzymes, but basically what manages liver metabolism and detoxification. So similar to grapefruit, it has to be avoided with 
certain medications. I would look at CBD very similarly. Just be careful with certain medication combinations. That's number one. But number two, people are always knocking THC because of people can get high or there's a euphoric effect. And I want to people to understand that that can be met, used therapeutically as well. When someone is sick, when someone is dying, when someone is in pain, if you can give them relief, if you can give them a bit of joy, the basic you know, concept of our body's own endocannabinoid production, it's called anandamide. It's one of the compounds we produce. And the base of that is ananda, which is in Sanskrit, Sanskrit means bliss. This is our bliss molecule. We get, we produce it ourselves and we also get it from this plant. And if you've ever seen a patient or someone suffering or depressed and a little bit of THC or a little bit of euphoria gives them a relief, that should never be you know, looked upon negatively as abuse or something that's a bad thing for someone. Everyone needs to put themselves in those shoes and say, hey, a little relief, a little happiness is medication sometimes. And I, I think the people that are so against um, a physiological shift to improve their well-being should not drink coffee, eat sugar, uh, exercise, or do anything else because that's ridiculously exclusionary. So that's just my little sitting on a soapbox for a moment because I've seen patients with a small amount of THC find that moment, a few moments of peace and happiness again, and I don't think that that should be taken away from people, and the plant shouldn't be, you know, um, restricted from people for that reason alone. So, Is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you think is important for uh, Joe Public to know? I think people should fight for growing your own rights. I think that just like if I was doing food production, if you want to grow a handful of plants so that you can juice them in the morning, which won't get you high, and you can take your medicine and, and, and get the benefits of cannabis without the euphoric effect and still be able to function, um, you should fight for those rights. We should grow it. If you are going to grow the amount of plants that you would then use to sell, make or sell product or food to other people, then I believe that there should be regulation and licenses and certain controls. But I believe everyone should be able to grow a handful of plants like they can grow. Like in my backyard, I grow wheat, lettuces and kale and tomatoes and cucumbers. I'm not selling it to anyone else. I'm not giving it to anyone else. And I think it's unfortunate that in the state I'm in right now in Florida, I can't grow a handful of cannabis plants, vegetables in my backyard. So as much as people look at it as medicine, remember it's just a plant, it's a vegetable, it's an herb, and we need to fight for the rights of people to have access, access to that as well. So um, otherwise, I think that people are learning. The, 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 we have reached or passed our tipping point. I expect the, the U.S. as well as the global change and shift to keep happening. And just as much as cannabis can be used for medicine, don't forget its cousin hemp, which can also be used for so many industrial purposes and change the economy and also be more eco-conscious. So it's a, it's a big plant kingdom out there. We should use a lot more. I wrote an article many months ago called Cannabis, Our Gateway Herb. Hopefully it awakens people up to the power of plants and that there are many plants that can help us heal, feel better, and are more useful than synthetic you know, pill popping. So. Okay, so uh, just to review, what would you say are the top five health conditions that cannabis can be beneficial for? Okay, well, number one is just overall optimal functioning health. You don't have to be sick 
to look at using herbs and nutritional and naturopathic treatments to prevent disease and promote optimal wellness. That's my number one. I, I think we get too much in the reactive state. How about being some proactive? Number two is whether it be with can- uh, cancer directly or to treat or be as an adjunct, adjunct therapy with chemo or other medications, cannabis is extremely beneficial and safe, both to increase appetite as well as to help with pain and other issues. Um, we've seen studies over and over with epilepsy and seizure-type conditions, as well as autism. I definitely see it as a pain uh, benefit, you know, supporting with or without opioids. It definitely helps that way. And... Um, you know, I, I think we've seen a whole bunch of di- digestive disorders, including Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, IBS, that can all be benefited as well. There's so many. It's just it's just the tip of the iceberg. Doc Rob, I want to thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. You've really helped to open my eyes as a health professional. Uh, to the role that cannabis can play in healthcare, and I think for a lot of our listeners too, you've opened their eyes as well. It's my pleasure. It's my service. I've been someone that's an educator for over 13 years in natural health, and I will continue to educate, empower, and engage. We're actually crowdfunding a TV show uh, on Indiegogo starting in a couple of weeks called For the Hip the health-inspired person. So I hope everyone checks that out on Indiegogo and can support the campaign because that's all I'm about is your concierge to better living, here to help, here to educate, here to promote the good information, the good doctors, the good products. And uh, like I say, I, 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 I tell I don't sell. It's really it's my, it's my pleasure to be on the show. Thank you for having me as a guest. I wish everyone, you and your listeners, all the best and health and happiness always. And Doc Rob, how can our listeners find out more about you? I'm pretty easy to find. That's why I go by Doc Rob, D-O-C-R-O-B. That's DocRob.com, Doc Rob at Twitter, Doc Rob's fan page on Facebook. You search D-O-C-R-O-B, you pretty much can find me, um, usually smiling, usually talking about better living and cannabis and lots of great projects I'm working on, new books coming out. So definitely stay tuned. And anytime people have questions, they can email even FYI at DocRob.com. I'll make sure for all of the listeners out there that those links that DocRob just mentioned are all in the podcast notes so that you can easily find him. Yeah, and if 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 people want to learn more about cannabis specifically, there's a lot of great podcasts. I have uh, my own show on CannabisRadio.com, which is also available on your iHeartRadio app or on iHeartRadio. It's Concierge for Better Living. I've had some great guests, some great interviews, both with patients and doctors and professionals on cannabis. And so those that want to listen, that's a great place also to learn more about me and my philosophies as well as cannabis. Okay, great. Perfect. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Rob Streisfeld. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. 
Dr. Carey is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.